this is Richard Wiseman's On Your Mind with me, psychologist Professor Richard Wiseman. And me, science journalist Marnie Chesterton. This is the podcast where we delve into the psychology of everyday life and answer your questions about human behaviour. Expect fascinating facts, scintillating science, and this might just improve your life. In this episode, we're going to be talking about astrology. Does the position of the planets predict the future? And does my star sign really reflect my personality? And why do people believe in astrology? Let's get on with the show. Now, are you a big believer in astrology? <laughs> I've got. To... I love the fact that you're asking that. Science journalist cool. Marnie Chesterton. Cool. Do you believe that? I don't even know what they are. The the zodiac. I mean, I know that there are zodiac signs. Yes. I don't know what they're supposed to represent. Um, I think the general idea is what's going on. What I refer to up there somehow influences what's going on down here. I think that's the general idea of it. Uh, and also the position of the planets when you're born dictates the sort of person you are. There's there's, there's two kind of claims there in astrology. I mean, I can see a really clear mechanism how that might work. <laughs> well, I, I think you might have your scepticism shaken by the evidence that I'm going to be presenting go to on you. Go on then, go on. Anyway, I thought we'd start with the test because I've got three horoscopes um, from today. One of them corresponds to your sign. Mm -hmm. The other two don't. I don't know which one corresponds to your sign. Uh, but here's one of them. It says, a workmate uh, never stops talking. I hope you're not talking about me. <laughs> oh, my God, it's this one. It's true. <laughs> doesn't realise they're a huge distraction and a massive annoyance. Okay, so that's one of the, uh, the horoscopes. I love that one. Yeah, uh, I'm taking that one personally. <laughs> uh, you're almost at the end of some kind of chapter uh, in your life. This is something you've worked towards for a long period of time. And you're going to be relieved. You're going to be relieved once that chapter is behind you. That's the uh, second one. And the third one is a team effort is really annoying you because those around you, they're not making their expectations, their wants and needs. They're not making them clear. And so it feels like they're wasting your time. So those are the three ones. We've got the annoying uh, <laughs> co-worker. Uh, we've got the team that aren't making their expectations clear. And we've got a chapter of your life that's behind you. Which of those three describes uh, what's happening in your life right now? The thing is, I can make scenarios that fit all three of them. Okay. So that's I'm... quite a complicated and rich life. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's why I'm fun, Marnie. Um, I'm going with the first one because it made me laugh. Which is a workmate is just annoying you. <laughs> yes. Not naming any names. <laughs> no, naming no names. No names at Richard all. Richard is my only workmate. <laughs> That's the wrong one. Oh. Uh, it turns out that I'm not that annoying teammate, <laughs> contrary to uh, uh, your expectations and opinions. Um, actually, you're at the end of a chapter in your oh. life and there's a new chapter just around the corner oh. so there we go but what that does brilliantly illustrate uh, first of all is I'm as I say not at all annoying and second that's the important thing that, that, to that's me, our that, take home that, of that's, today's that's episode that's all I'm interested in is at last some evidence despite what everyone says that I'm not annoying are you now a believer <laughs> I, I, now, I think there might be something to this yeah uh, but it also illustrates one of the ways in which you test astrology. So uh, the problem with reading your horoscope in the newspaper is that you read it and you do exactly what you're saying there. You, you kind of retrofit it. You think, well, is this part of my life and, and so on. And what people don't do is what they should do, in my opinion. They're being good, good scientists, which is read some of the other horoscopes, not knowing whether they correspond to their star sign or not, and see what is the, the best fit. And when we did it here, uh, it showed that the, the star sign didn't match your actual 
star sign. But now I'm going to retrofit because the chapter of my life on is just so much more profound. And so maybe that was the real me. Well, yeah, but in these scientific tests, you only get one judgment, and that's that. And when they've done this, they've done it many, many times, uh, it turns out you get exactly the same result, which is that people can't pick their star sign from all the other star signs once they're blind, which one is their actual one. You are a man of logic and science. Oh, my goodness, yes. Why are you interested in astrology? I think because... It's a belief system that stood the test of time. It's all over the world. It's, it clearly, even if it isn't true, is providing some kind of psychological mechanism uh, for, for people. And I think we need to be open-minded. It's, it's really easy to go, you know what, this doesn't fit the materialistic position, so that's it, we're not even going to look at it. Well, let's have a look at it so that when people go, what about astrology, we've got some answers, which is what we're going to be exploring today. Um, I want to read out this question from listener Marty. He says... From a very young age, I've always been told that my grandfather is capable of guessing anyone's zodiac sign just by talking to them for some time. He somehow detects the behaviour relating to the sign and even gets the rising sign correct. And it means that there's a 1 in 144 chance, yet he never gets it wrong. As I've grown up, I've seen him do this many times, coming to the conclusion that, like it or not, your zodiac sign must say something about you as a person. Do you think there can be an explanation for his guessing power other than astrology being a reality? No. What's, so, what's well, your answer then? Because well, I, don't, in... I don't really have an answer to that. So we are going to talk a bit later on about the relationship between your actual personality and star sign because there may be something to that. But it, even then, it wouldn't allow someone to do what uh, the grandfather can do so effectively, which is apparently get it right every single time. So what's great about these sorts of claims is that it is testable. Uh, we could find somebody like that. We could line up some people where they don't know their star sign and they could go along, have a chat with them, a bit like sort of astrological speed dating, and then try and guess the, the sign. In the absence of that, I don't know. I hear lots of sort of paranormal stories. And of course, the amazing thing about those is that when people do tell those stories, they do want a story where the other person hasn't got an explanation for it. Uh, because otherwise they go, oh, hold on a second, maybe it was this, and you go, that's the end of that. So I don't know. It, it's possible that uh, astrology is true and that all the science is, is wrong. Um, we need to test that claim. That could be a future a future edition. The only explanation that I can think of is that as a stopped clock is, is right mm -hmm. twice a day, yeah. then maybe he's just got lucky. Well, allegedly it happens every single time. He could be the luckiest man on the planet who just like every single time. I, mean, I suppose in the multiple universe model, there might be other universes where Marty's, Marty's grandfather, grandfather does not just... have these abilities and keeps on getting it wrong. And we just happen to live in the one universe where he's astonishing. That's probably my best explanation. Yeah, that sounds plausible. Thank you. Uh, so it's not the only way of testing astrology by getting people to choose their horoscope. Jeffrey Dean, friend of mine, Australian researcher, wonderful, wonderful man. And uh, he used to be an astrologer. And then he started to do some of these sorts of blind tests and realised he became a little bit sceptical. And now he's described as the most hated man in astrology. <laughs> Because all the astrologers... Is that, is that a tough field? To uh, I, think, I think it is. I don't think like the paranormal it is. Uh, so they all hate him because he's like a turncoat because now he does this research and, and it doesn't come out looking good for astrology. But one of my favourite experiments he did was what's in, into what's called time twins. 
So when you think about it, if two people are born in roughly the same place at pretty much the same time, they should be very, very similar to one another. So this is wonderful research. He finds a database from 1958 where everyone is born in a few days of each other, beginning of March. And for another psychological study, nothing to do with astrology, they then measured those people's personalities and how well they're doing in life and how happy they were and how healthy they were and all those sorts of things at different points in these people's lives. It was a huge, what's called longitudinal study. So what Jeffrey could do was, was go in, arrange them all by the time of, of birth, and there should be more similarity between two people that are born very close in time than those born, you know, sort of further apart. So that's why they're called time twins. He goes through, no difference. There's no difference when they're born just a few moments apart versus a few hours or a few days apart. So again, it's pretty convincing evidence uh, that astrology may not be a, a good explanation for these things and explains why he's one of the most hated men in astrology. Okay. So he does this huge amounts of research. He brings it all together. He's got a massive book out, which is all the research into astrology. And it is massive. People don't realise thousands of studies. And his argument is that it doesn't support uh, the claims very much. I've only done one bit of astrological research, uh, which was, was a while ago, and it was into what's called financial astrology. What's, what's this? It's, it's great. such a good idea. So in the same way that when a person's born, position of the planets dictate things about their lives, allegedly, with financial astrology, you look at the moment a company was created, and from the position of the planets, you can dictate moments in time going forward when that company will be very profitable versus not doing so well. So you can use it to invest money rather than going with other investment strategies. You can ask a financial astrologer to map out the future of a company. Is financial astrologer actually a thing? Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. That, that's people's job? Yeah. Okay. So that's what we did. A few years ago, we had a financial astrologer, we had a, a, a mainstream investor, and then we had uh, a young girl called Tia, and she just chose randomly uh, what stocks and shares to invest in. And we gave them all a notional £5,000, said invest in the FTSE 100. The astrologer mapped out some of the, uh, the companies um, to ups and downs. Normal uh, investors do what normal investors do. And then Tia just chose randomly. So I just wrote the names of the companies on bits of paper, threw them up in the air, and she just grabbed a few as they came down. And we monitored them for uh, about a week. This is during National Science Week. And they all lost money because the uh, stock market took a bit of a dive. And so the financial astrologer came in with a 10% loss. The expert investor, 7% loss. And tier one, with just a 5% <laughs> loss. So then, then we extended it across a year. And it was brilliant. Again, uh, the whole sort of stock market was sliding. So the financial astrologer, 6% uh, loss. The investor, 46% loss. <gasps> Disaster. The only one to go against that trend was Tia, 6% profit. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, God. It's brilliant. So, but maybe Tia is actually a sort of born financial astrologer. It could be that. And you need to repeat that experiment multiple times yes. with other people well, who don't have secret gifts. It's funny you should say that because at the time there was a national newspaper that used to give over a page to investment tips. And when we were doing this, they got in touch with Tia and they ran a whole page on her investment <laughs> tips. Uh, and then she was five or six at the time. So it was, it was great. And I can remember early on in that experiment, before we started it, uh, I said to the organisation, which is the British Science Association at the time, why don't we give them proper money? 
would give them each £5,000, proper money. As I said, the, the stock market goes up and down, but it never absolutely crashes. And so therefore, we're not going to lose that much money, even if we lose a little bit. They said, sensibly, no, no. let's make it notional. Thank goodness they did. Because You could have lost them. I would have lost them a lot of money. Thousands of pounds. A lot of money. Uh, so that was my little sojourn into, um, into financial astrology. So financial astrologer is genuinely a job though so yeah. do people in the city of london and that business realm go to one i don't know the answer to that i don't know and also whether they'd admit to it i mean it's like a lot of psychics yeah. and mediums people don't admit to doing it i don't know i don't know i mean the financial astrology we had was was lovely and, and up for it and a good sport and all those those sorts of things but yes that's my understanding is that was a big part of um of what she did but what I would argue is when it comes to investing your money, just go and talk to a five or six-year-old and get them to choose randomly. You're listening to Richard Wiseman's On Your Mind. And this episode, we're talking about astrology. You know, in the Chinese zodiac, there's, there's lucky years mm. and there's unlucky years. Yes. That ends up having a real effect right? Because everyone is making the same choice because it's lucky to invest at this point. So everyone invests, therefore stocks go up. Yes, which brings us, that's absolutely. So it brings us neatly into the idea of self-fulfilling prophecy, that, that everyone knows something to be true and then behaves in such a way to, to make it true, which turns out could be the case when it comes to our personalities and star signs. So we could do a little experiment here. I didn't know your star sign. and I don't think you know mine. No. But we have got the lists of star signs here, one, and, and their associated personality traits. Is it worth us trying to guess one another's star sign? Yeah, go on. Well, I'm looking at these now. Courageous and determined, that's, that's not you. <laughs> that's harsh but fair. Devoted and responsive, nope. Um, oh. uh, curious and adaptable, that's Gemini, that could be you. Loyal and emotional, I've no idea about that. Creative and passionate, that could be you, that's a Leo. Uh, Virgo, analytical and kind, no. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because there's so many of these, progressive and original, Aquarius. Give, give me the list, give me the yeah, list. Yeah, that's there. Because um, there's one on here that I was. I noticed, what is it, uh, Pisces said musical, and, yes. and I'm guessing no. I, well, I, I'm, I'm not a musical person. Um, so I was asked not to sing in the school musical, <laughs> uh, which was, was quite quite good because I had the lead. I've only been to two concerts in my entire life. I can't play any musical instruments and I very, very, very rarely listen to music. I'm going you're not a Pisces. I think that's correct. But, but beyond that, this is tricky. I, I don't think you're a particularly emotional person. There's a difference between sort of doing a fun experiment and just insulting somebody. <laughs> OK, I've got, to, I've got to pick one. I think cooperative, diplomatic, gracious, fair-minded and social. Sounds like me. Sounds like me. That's Libra. You're Mm. a Libra. I am a Virgo, which makes me loyal, analytical, kind. Really kind. Hardworking and very practical. That was also on my list. Yes. Well, I'm going to get one choice. Uh, With you, uh, let me have a look. Um, Vindictive isn't here. (laughs) So I'm going to go... Lazy, a yes. bit of a downer sometimes. Oh, Bad I'm sure at that's parties. not the case. I'm going to go with Aquarius as progressive, original, independent and nice. <clears throat> no, what are you? I'm Cancer. What's, oh. what's Cancer? Tenacious, imaginative, uh, emotional and persuasive. 
No, I am some of those things. Mm, we all are. <laughs> so that wasn't what I would call more compelling evidence for astrology. Right. But it does lead us. Classic uh, Pisces comment. <laughs> Sorry. But I think we've got a question about exactly this. Yeah. So question about horoscopes from Claire Novak. And she says, when I read my horoscope, it always feels relevant to me. But I'm wondering if I'm twisting it in my mind to fit my circumstances, which makes me wonder whether for people who believe in astrology, is there evidence to show that we mould our personalities to fit the expectations of our star sign? That's a great question. That's a very good question. And the answer is yes. So this is work carried out by Hans Eising, very famous psychologist. Who did London University. He, is he credited with inventing IQ tests? He's one uh, of the it's certainly developing, helping developing to develop them. them. Yeah. Uh, his main contribution is personality tests, actually. So he did a lot of personality stuff, and he came out with two key dimensions. Nowadays, psychologists tend to go with five dimensions, but he came out with two or three. But the two key ones was extroversion and introversion. So extroverts bringing a lot of energy to life and liking stimulation and, and so on. Introverts uh, preferring to stay at home, read a book. Uh, and neuroticism or emotional stability. So if you're more neurotic, you get very upset easily and, and the opposite if you're less neurotic. And what he noticed was that six of the star signs were associated with being an extrovert and also six were associated with being a little bit more emotional. So he was able to kind of map, he, he did a survey of 2,000 people and mapped their personalities onto the star signs and got exactly that pattern. Whoa. So it's lovely evidence that either astrology is true or people, uh, it's like a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. They're told what sort of person to be or they should be and that's what they become. So to find out which of those two was true, there are two more studies, one with children who didn't, hadn't been told about astrology, and the second were the sceptics, who didn't believe a word of it. And in both instances, you lose the correlation. There's no patterning anymore. And, and do you know roughly how many people do believe in astrology? Depends how you ask that question. With most things to do with the paranormal, you get about a third. Who say, but it depends what you mean by the word belief as mm. well. I mean, in terms of hardcore believers who would invest their money, for example, which is a good measure of, of uh, belief, or really change their behaviour, I suspect you'd be down to less than 10%. But a lot of people go, oh, it's fun. We oh, sit it's around. just a bit of it's fun. It's a giggle and so yes. on. But what Ising's work suggesting is it's perhaps more than just a giggle. It's actually affecting who we are. So uh, the the rich list of people under the age of 35 came out recently and my family were all sat around the kitchen table. I think you better your family were on it. <laughs> my family were on it. No, none of them were on it. And um, they were looking at, there was some sort of sub-piece telling you the star signs. Oh. All of these, what in my mind was a very small survey group of 35 people mm -hmm. who have made a lot of money. And my aunt was saying... Oh, well, you see, I'm a Pisces and none of the people on the rich uh, list are a Pisces. Yes. So this is why I've not made my millions. It's it's astrology. It's yes. in the stars. It's in the stars, which, I mean, attribution uh, theory, would, which is a lovely idea. It, it's how you attribute normally actually success and failure in your life. And you can do an internal attribution, which is I'm not very good, or you can do an external attribution, oh, you know, the world's against me and so on. And what's happening there is a classic external attribution. You know, I'm not doing well because I'm a Pisces. Where, of course, if it's something where, you know, you've been successful, what you tend to do is then attribute it. To, so, so classically, if you're doing an exam, you've done well, then that's due to your genius and, and your hard work. If you do badly, well, your questions didn't come up. 
Yeah. So classic attribution uh, theory. It's nice to see it in action. Oh, that's weird. So I don't even do that with, yeah, I got 23% on a chemistry exam once. Uh, it was definitely my fault for not having learnt all of right. the, all of the stuff. Um, and I did it again and... Got 24%. I, no, I fancied my chemistry teacher, right. did my homework, got an A. It was fine. So... You fancied your chemistry teacher. So in my head, oh, when, when I did my retakes and I was taught by this guy and he was quite attractive, this is not relevant to star science at all, but mm. there was just something in my head that went, I, didn't, I don't think I ever connected up the steps between being a good student and running off into the sunset with him, but there was probably a correlation Right there, and I raised my grade from a D to an A in in nine weeks, which shows what motivation absolutely. Can do. See, I'm tempted to do. Oh, there's a chemistry between you, kind of Yay. joke, but I'm not going to for exactly that reason. Uh, well, that's nice to know. That's uh, good, but you but that that is the upside of making an internal attribution, which is that you go, oh, I didn't do so well. It's my fault. I can try harder next time. Well, if it's an external one, my questions just never keep coming up. There's no yeah. point in trying. So I love attribution theory. It's basically how we the mental gymnastics we use to keep ourselves happy in the face of... Um, the uh, overwhelming evidence that everything's <laughs> gone to hell in a handcart. <laughs> Uh, so the only other thing that I've done in terms of astrology is to do with what's called chronopsychology, which is the impact of time on the self. And so I looked at some work which looked at uh, summer versus winterborns, which is a little bit like the astrology stuff in some ways. So we, uh, a couple of thousand people, we said, how lucky are you? Because I was doing luck research at the time. And when were you born? And it turns out the summerborns are luckier than the winterborns. Ah, now you're going like that. You're a summerborn. Yeah. Yeah. That's, again, attribution theory. So anything that's positive, you think, yes, that's true. Uh, anything that if you've been the other way around, you've gone, I, I don't believe a word of this theory. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. And, and some of the chronopsychologists got various explanations for it. One is about if you're a summer-born young child, you explore your environment more because it's it's warmer, safer environment. Uh, and so your caregivers don't keep them uh, close to them. And therefore, you become more of a risk taker and luckier and so on. Yeah. You know, the first six months of your life, you're not really exploring anything, are you? That's what I thought. So I was sceptical. So what I did, I went down to the New Zealand Science Festival, where, of course, it's the other way around in terms of months and temperature. Did the same survey. There, it's the warmer months down there that turned out to be the lucky people. So it's, it's kind of weird. So we got the reverse pattern. It was always the warmer months when you're born associated with being luckier and more of a risk taker and so on. I don't understand, though, what's going on. Well, it, it, I need a I need a theory that's, <laughs> that's better than that one about exploring your environment. There may be better ones out there. It, it could be that you know in summer months people are just happier, than, and so therefore they bring up their children in slightly different ways, and so on. It's only a very small effect. I always say you only see this effect uh, with the mass participation study, was the sort of studies I was doing then, which involved tens of thousands of people. So people shouldn't worry about it. Uh, too much. But it's more interesting theoretically rather than, than having an impact in people's lives. But it does show that, and I always, I always say this about paranormal stuff, it's very easy to throw the baby out with the bathwater and just go, there's nothing to it. We shouldn't investigate it. Yeah. Actually, it turns out there could be something quite interesting going on, certainly in terms of the Isink work and, and maybe with the chronopsychology. And it shows that I think that the upside of just being a bit open to these strange ideas. 
So I should be a little more open-minded, which would make me a... Um, uh, Sag, Sag, Sagittarius. Sagittarius. That's what. You, <laughs> always ask yourself, what would a Sagittarius do? What would do? a Sagittarius do? Laugh. Um, okay, let's let's look at what we've learned. I've I've discovered that financial astrologist is a job. That's a job. And um, and maybe that's my backup job because you don't even need to be particularly good at it. Apparently, uh, we've learned that you can shape your personality uh, in in terms of expectations. We've learned that maybe not to put too much faith in astrology because lots of it uh, isn't true we learn to be open-minded because sometimes there might be something to these weird ideas but most important of all i think we've learned if you want to invest your money ask a five-year-old to choose randomly i'm just joking and also we need to get in contact with marty's grandfather that man needs to be tested Podimo and Telltale, this has been Richard Wiseman's On Your Mind. Hosted by Professor Richard Wiseman and Marnie Chesterton. Our producer is Kate White. The executive producers for Podimo are Jake Chudno and Matt White. And for Telltale are Rami Sabar and Jago Lee. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at WisemanPod. Where we'll be regularly asking you for questions for future episodes. You can also email us at WisemanPod at Podimo.com. And if you like this podcast, tell your friends, leave us a review. If you don't like it tell your friends you did why should you be the only ones to suffer although it does help others find us and don't forget to subscribe thanks bye bye bye